Yeah, we're going to have that conversation. I think that, you know, we are having a conversation now, which, you know, we've, we've never, none of us ever had to deal with where we're completely on, on virtual, you know, instruction, online instruction. So we're talking to our coaches several times a week about, hey, you got to keep tabs on your student athletes. Make sure you're checking in with them. You know, you know what student athletes need a little more, you know, TLC and a little more reminders about showing up on time and completing assignments. You know those, but also, too, you know, student athletes that, you know, maybe their home life's not great. You got to make sure they're they're at home right now. Majority of them are making sure that you know what can you do to help them. You know, making sure you're keeping tabs on them. And so I think you know we're we're in a, we're in a new world uh, right now in terms of just how education and, and the and the instructions being um, being distributed. So I think that's the piece we talk to our coaches about right now is checking in, knowing where your students are, being there to help them if we have mental wellness needs, where to go, uh, nutrition needs. You know, talking through that. Obviously. Um, kind of help them continue to remind them that it's important to to, to to work out on their own, stay in shape. So I think it's a complete picture. You know, at the end of the day, we're less than 20 days left of, of the school, um, of the spring semester. So we got to make sure they're staying on track, finishing the right way, uh, make sure that they're submitting their, their assignments as needed. So it, it's a different time right now, but our coach has done a really good job of of just making sure that we prioritize the, the, the priority. So. Absolutely, yes, definitely challenging. And kind of leading into that, um, kind of a perfect lead-in to my, my kind of next question. Give our listeners a view of, like, what the college scene and athletically is going through right now because, it you know, school would be in right now. Spring practice would be going on for football. You'd have baseball wide open and other spring sports. So, Kind of just explain to our listeners a little bit that um, are any of the students even on campus athletically or all of the kids out, and, and how is that kind of just a little bit of a brief rundown on how the athletic look of the landscape looks right now in college? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's the inverse of what it normally looks like. It's, uh, there's, there's no athletes on campus. You know, you're going to have some that have off-campus housing. Maybe they've, they've elected not to go home, but it's, you know, there's no facilities open. Um, any instructions done virtually, I mean, it's pretty much, like I said, an inverse. So it's, um, you know, it, it's interesting because sometimes, you know, in the summertime, you know, colleges usually kind of clear out and, you know, you kind of get away from the hustle and bustle and the, whatever the traffic is of, of, a, of a small town or wherever you're at. And, you know, it has that feel, but it's really a ghost town. And so I think beyond that, I always enjoy seeing the student athletes in the summer because you usually – and get a little more one-on-one time with them and talk to them. And, you know, they're not running around as crazy as they usually are, but there's no one to talk to them. And we, you know, it's just honestly, um, you know, it's just, a, it's, a, it's, just a, it's just a weird deal. And, you know, I think the other thing, too, it's important to keep things in perspective. I think that's so important in times like this. I mean, there's people that obviously have lost their life or family members that are sick or, um, you know, or, or battling different medical issues. And I just think it's so important. And sometimes I just think you need to pause and, Give thanks when you can and count your blessings and at a safe standpoint realize that, that this will come to an end and when it does it's going to kind of come back really quick. So. That's exactly right. You got to so you just got to have faith. I think that's what's the you know and most important no in, in times like this. You just got to have faith and uh, you know you know there's yeah. a there's there's a higher cause at work and we just got to ride it out until that yeah. time comes and it's going to come back and um, that's what I've told some people as well. You know you just gotta you just gotta have faith and and hang in there and don't you know don't try to 
don't try to be down on your current situation. Try to look to the future and just keep chipping away and doing what we need to do. Will all this will you know pass over? And I think the uh, sports world is really feeling that right now. And I think that's really indicative of sports in general. It's all about perseverance and training and endurance and stuff like that. And that's what you know in tough times. You know, tough tough people make it through tough times. And so uh, I yeah. think that's you know that's, it's just one of those things where you got to kind of just hang in there and get through it. And um, as an athletic department, I know you're you're pretty fresh, but at, at Southern right now, um, with it being basically your first full seven days, but um, I know the first question a lot of people will throw around is, you know, revenue from basketball and stuff, no tournaments and no NITs and conference tournaments, and then um, no revenue in the in the, uh, in the the springtime. Is, um, do y'all kind of have an outlook? I'm sure that's been brought up or whatever about, um, you know, we saw last week where Iowa State's already determined they might have a revenue shortfall. Yeah, about and, $5 million, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, and uh, because of some, some of this, is is any of that kind of getting talked about um, around, and is that a real, you know, is that a real cause for concern? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think he'd be naive not to, to be concerned about it. I think the, the piece that uh, this year not having an NCAA basketball tournament, you know, that obviously was a, a pretty severe hit on NCAA distribution, and so yeah. that's impacting all the schools across the country. Now, I tell you that the piece that really, if you want to ratchet it up and really look, look, you know, I should see the forest and the trees, and, and that's why football is such an economic driver, whether you're power five or not, or, or, or whatever the case, whatever school you're at, because it's, it's more than just tickets. It's more than, than annual fund, which is the amount that you pay to buy those tickets, just have access to those tickets, probably a better way of saying it. But then beyond that, you've got, you know, the CFC distribution. Well, that's, that's huge, right? The CFC is a big driver of distributions. And even beyond that, you have various TV contracts as well. So, oh, yeah. you know, football, it goes without saying, football is a significant um, bell cow for, for, for schools in the country. So that's why I think that um, there's going to be a, a lot of uh, discussion on what that season looks like if it is delayed. Uh, when does it start? How many games? I think that you'll find a lot of cooperation across the aisle because everyone has a common interest of one, obviously protecting our student athletes, and that's not we're not going to play if it doesn't protect the student athletes. But assuming everything um, is good to, to, to play the game, obviously to play it safely, uh, there's going to be a lot of work across the aisle because everybody needs football to occur for a lot of reasons, not even financially. I think it's also such a Create such synergy and create such excitement on each campus and school pride, and so it's um, it's a big driver in a lot of areas. So. It definitely is, and I tell you what, uh, Jared, if you don't care, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back with you, and we have a couple more questions we want to ask you about Georgia Southern all sports. Right. That's all right with you, but uh, we're going to take a quick sure. break right here, and uh, we'll be back. It's your Rob Ben and Joe show, brought to you by Network One Sports. And Bob is tire with uh, the athletic director from Georgia Southern, Mr. Jared Binko, on the phone. We'll be right back after this. Yeah. set of tires get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin? Then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website Bubba'sTireCenter.com and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. 
and you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. And I'll tell you what, that band right there is rocking coming back in tonight. Jeez, <laughs> please. Yeah. Those boys are fired up right there. <laughs> they are. Rob and Joe here with you, hanging out, talking to the athletic director from Georgia Southern, Mr. Jared Binko. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show, Facebook at RBJ Podcast, and always streaming online, Network One Sports, uh, PowersMediaNetwork.com. You can find us right there. So uh, be sure and download us on Spotify and Apple Music. Take us wherever you are. Listen to all the shows anytime you'd like. So, uh, Mr. Jared, let me ask you this, sir. As far as the revenue we were just talking about before we went to break and how all that impacts uh, athletics, not only Georgia Southern, but like you were saying, all over the place, everybody that gets money from uh, the NCAA. Uh, just talk about what you think is going to happen or what's happening at Georgia Southern when it comes to uh, the spring athletics, uh, the NCAA giving those seniors the opportunity to come back and play, does that, how is that going to impact uh, for your spring athletes what's going on at Georgia Southern right now? Yeah, they've, they've obviously been given the, uh, the, uh, the option for eligibility-wise to have another season. And so I think, you know, we've asked each coach to talk to all the student-athletes about who's coming back because it, it, it's not as simple as it seems because you'll have some student-athletes that already have jobs lined up. You have some student athletes that aren't interested in their master's degree. Most of them are on track to graduate. Um, you have some student athletes, particularly particularly in a, in a equivalency sport, where they're not having a full full scholarship. Right. And so they might not have the financial means to, to pay for the, the difference. So it's not a it's not an easy easy answer to it, other than to say that we're kind of working on a coach and sport by sport basis to see who fits the who fits the mold of, of having an interest to come back and and wants to come back, and then ultimately the question comes to what's that cost and how do you pay for it. Yeah, I think that's the – we were talking about that a few weeks ago. Just uh, that situation gets very, very hairy because everybody's like you sit there and talk like – well, oh, yeah, all the basketball players, they should be able to play another year, and, and baseball players, they should get another year. And then when you start looking at it, being there and I've played and I was on scholarship and I know how all that stuff works – there's only so many scholarships allotted in the fund, <laughs> and so if you're going to keep this guy, what's the new recruit do? Right. How, how do you how do you juggle all those funds? So, Jared, that that seems like that's going to be probably an extremely hot topic this summer for the NCAA and really the spring going forward with schools like you, like yours, other big universities trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to manage that financial burden. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge, and I think that's where, um, you know, talking to the potentially raising some funds from some supporters and donors for that, and it's, um, you know, I think it's, I think what makes it even more challenging is it's also coming on the heels of some financial uh, reductions in revenue, and so that, that's the piece as well. It's one thing, you know, if, if all things are equal, or you're growing your revenue, yeah. and you can offset some of that, but it's, but it's also on the heels of not going to anticipate bringing as much revenue in. So you kind of get the double whammy on that. And so, again, I know each school is going to try their best to, 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 accom- to accommodate and bring back as many people as possible. It's just, at the end of the day, it kind of comes down to, to dollars and cents. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The the revenue piece, and, and that's what we were talking about. It's, it's kind of almost – you know, unimaginable to try and think of life without football in the fall, especially the financial ramifications of all the money that's tied up with the TV media, 
the contracts that you get, you know, from smaller schools going to big schools, big schools, you know, having a, you know, just think we just talk about like, you know, LSU Alabama on a, you know, Saturday at 3.30, like that's a lot of money for a university to go without if football's kind of stripped from, you know, this year. So who knows what that's going to look like, but the uncertainty is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, Jared, I want to ask you a question uh, because we were all student athletes here. Robin and I uh, were all athletes. Now, those guys got to play football. I got to play baseball. So I was one of those guys. I was like, well, you might have scholarship money all the way through. You might not, right? <laughs> but yeah. uh, what was the NCAA's uh, conversation to you guys, or was there much about uh, – what they were going to do when they were offering out the uh, the opportunity for those students to come back for another year? Uh, what type? What was the conversation like coming from the NCAA? Kind of uh, was it they saying, "All right, schools, you're just going to have to deal with it," or you know, did they ask you for your input? How did that conversation go, or were you privy to that? Yeah, you know, I wasn't as volunteer. That was just in the course of transitioning. But I mean, just for, just for modest thing, I think it was one of those one of those situations where. They wanted to do right by the student athletes, but there was a lot of uh, support for that. Also, too, would say that um, is also one of those deals. Knowing that, you know, if you think about the NCAA, uh, their budget. I mean, it, it is a significant portion. I'm talking probably 70, 75 plus percent Jeez. of their budget is related to the NCAA championship. So, wow. You know, I'm sure they want to help more and more related to, um, you know, with, with full, you know, grant aid and distributions, but. I think they, they had to balance doing right by the student athlete, but also not be able to help much financially. And so it's a, you know, it's a tough needle to thread there. But <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it was it was the right decision. Uh, it afforded uh, the student athletes a chance to, to reclaim that last year. Um, but as far as you know, paying for it, I mean, you have to think about it too. Is the way it's going to work? From my understanding, they're still waiting on final guidance and 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 whatnot as far as interpretation goes with this. But what's going to happen is when each person from the freshman class on gets to a senior year, they in essence get to get to kind of imply internally where they get to basically have a fifth year. And so what's going to work if you're a freshman last year, you'll be a sophomore like you normally would. And then you get to be a senior and you kind of get to be a senior twice. If that makes sense. And oh, so oh, wow. What you, what you, what you've got is this next year that aid won't count against your, your normal. So for baseball is 1.7 scholarships, right? Well, that aid, if you have two, let's say, you know, equivalency of two scholarships, you're really at 13.7, but you only count 11.7. So the challenge becomes you've got a trailing four years even behind that because you're encapsulating four years. Does that make sense? So you've got basically fifth, a fifth year for four different groups of people. And wow. so that's why it's really not, it's not a one-year aberration. You really have a four-year aberration. Now, what you could say is, hey, you know what? Three years from now, the freshman class of five people, let's say for a softball team, you might have two, uh, you know, transfers, whatever, yeah. early graduations. So it won't be maximum impact, but it's going to be an impact for the next four or five years. So. Wow, I didn't even think about that. No, type of, yeah, I, mean, I didn't think not. about the long range terms that's, of that, and that's yeah. how the I mean, that's how the money moves around and stuff, and that's that's interesting. I had Jeez. we had no I had no idea that it would it would run, but in order to be fair to the other athletes, that's what I was thinking is, you know, if a freshman's getting recruited and he's signed, you know, well, if that senior's coming back, is he just automatically going to redshirt? I mean, you know, like how do you do that? Well, I it, mean, makes, you know? it makes me very curious, uh, Jared, and I would love to hear if you have any insight into this. What has the conversation been like or changed to when it comes to recruiting? Is this something you spend 
to a positive when you say, look, you have a chance to be a senior twice, you know, or is there any benefit to going out there and having this conversation or do you just kind of just talk to the kids like you normally would? How do you feel well, about it's only, that? It's only, it's, only, it's only impactful for the kids currently in school. So, if, you know, if you're an incoming freshman next year, you only get four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I misunderstood. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. But but I, but I would tell you this. I mean, I think – I'd say this roster management becomes even more difficult. Yeah, I always, sure I always problem. highlight baseball because, in my opinion, baseball doesn't have enough scholarships. That's a different conversation. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely does not. 100% but, not for 30 kids. But – but at 11.7, if you talk to my old boss, John Feller, in the Mississippi State, who was a, one of the premier baseball coaches in the world, he would tell you managing 11.7 scholarships for baseball is one of the biggest <laughs> challenges you have. Now, <laughs> you better find but, some smart but, ball players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's think about that for a second. So, yeah, the, the, let's just say that, that you had two scholarships in the senior class. It doesn't count against you. Okay. But now instead of having a roster of 35, you might have a roster of 43. Jeez. So how do you manage that? And then beyond that, I mean, I'll just give you an infrastructure question. What do you what do you, what if you only have 35 lockers in the locker room? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna share? I guess you can share. <laughs> but I mean, you know, how do you, how do you adjust practice schedules? What about travel rosters? And they have to leave, leave people at home now. Wow. They're on a 35 man roster. So like, there's just a lot of things we're gonna have to work through. And I just think that's one of the one of the things that this is gonna once we get into it, we'll have a better idea. But it's gonna be listen. At the end of the day, it's the right thing to do, but it's but it's going to be kind of like peeling back an onion. It's going to come in layers. So. Yeah, for sure. I remember. That's funny you talk about splitting lockers. Uh, <laughs> this is a quick side note, but me and Ben were on the inaugural team at Mercer um, in Macon um, when we had we went through the practice year, and then we had the first year, so we were on the first team to go up there and practice. And this is no joke. We ran into the same issue. Without attrition through that first year, you lost a lot of people during that practice year because it was pretty miserable for a year with no games and just a bunch of practice and weightlifting. But the year we were going in to play our season, the locker room was not set up for the <laughs> overage of 15 yep. players that came in. So we ended up literally splitting lockers with each other, sharing lockers, going in in different times. We had an extra workout group that was added for other people. So I know that's a big issue to yeah. try and handle. Yeah. And you don't, like, until you bring it to light, like, those extra eight guys, the teams are not set up for that. Neither is the infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't thought about that. That's crazy. So, uh yeah. Hey, y'all are talking about being college athlete. Who's the best athlete of the three, y'all? <laughs> man, that's a tough question right oh, there. Oh man, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say too much. Jared, but, uh, Jared, I'm taking Rob behind the woodshed. No. <laughs> Jared, don't let him lie to you. Rob was the quarterback. He's the okay. better athlete. Okay. Don't, don't so was Joe. I was a quarterback. <laughs> I was a quarterback. That's true. Ben the, was the two-way player. Did you, did you so. Did you say the smarter or better athlete? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great question. We have not had that one yet. Yes. Yes. I like fantastic. It. Turn the tables on us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you about your buddy there, uh, head coach, head football coach, Chad Lunsford. I saw uh, an article on him yeah. the other day. He was talking about uh, the capabilities that he's using for uh, continuing conversation with his football team using Zoom and other platforms like that where they're, you know, talking every day. And his his quote was very similar to yours. You know, either day, every day either you win or you lose, right? You're either going forward or you're going backwards. And he was not losing a day. As a matter of fact, that's what the article was, was about. So uh, just talk to that a little bit about how your, your coaches and everybody's adapting to uh, the condition that they're in and how you're playing through it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll tell you, you know, obviously, the, you know, all the coaches are disappointed, particularly the spring coaches. And so I think, um, anyway, some of the, was the four stages of grief. I mean, I think at first it was a lot of, 
sadness and, and disappointment. And I think I really want to commend our coaches for pivoting off that and really started to – they didn't waste a lot of time getting back. All right, well, how are we going to get back and how do we engage our student athletes? And really I would tell you, you know, part of that was making sure they were set up to transition to online instruction. So that was a big part. And our coaches and academic staff did a really good job of that. But then, of course, it also transitioned to the physical and mental wellness. And so you can send them, you know, workout to, to do. Um, you can check in with them, you know, a predetermined amount of time for the NCAA and the conference guidance right now. So, you know, I, I think they've done really well as best as you can. There's really Here's the thing. There's no, there's no um, you know, background. There's no baseline to fall back on. This is totally new for everybody. So I think all things considered, after the initial rush of, making sure student athletes were safe and someone back home, some traveling internationally, some, you know, it was just a, a lot going on. But obviously after that, they've done a good job of settling in and, and taking it in stride the best they can. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uncharted territories for everybody. <laughs> so, you know, you got a level playing field. Level playing field for everybody you learn on the go. Um, but, Jared, this is kind of a uh, – this is kind of just a personal question. This is kind of funny. You come to Statesboro at a really odd time. You, you're move, you move to a new place – and you ha- you can't go out and really do anything. Just <laughs> go to work. So talk a little bit how that transitioned. Did you know anything about Statesboro? Have you been there before? Like you hadn't really had much time to explore, or really see anything. So how's the transition outside of the athletics and just your basic, you know, moving to Statesboro? How has that been with everything closed down? No, it's good. I mean, listen, I um, I'm just a big believer. I, I think you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and everything happens for a reason. So for 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 me, it's trying to. To, to you know, just remind myself one, he's in control and always will. And so I, I, I would tell you the first ninety to hundred days, I'm tracking and working on the same objective. It's just coming at a different time. And what I mean by that is, you know, I might have been more split up, external, internal, in and out of the office more, you know, differently the first thirty days than I would had this not happened. But all mm-hmm. you're doing is shifting around a lot of timing. I've been on the phone probably just as much as I'd have been before. Um, as far as like, I grew up in Oconee County, you know, in Watkinsville, Georgia. And yeah, cool. For my first 29 years of life, so I'm from from Georgia. I'm, you know, I'm a Georgia boy, and um, so to me, Statesboro is like home. You know, I was telling, I was telling, it's kind of like monotone, you know, and you coming back home. And so to me, the transition has been really good. And good. Um, you know, again, I think it's just keeping things in perspective of control what you can control. I think there's so much in life that we all can't control. And I think if we spend too much time worried about that, it just really doesn't result or yield them much. So I just try to focus on coming to work every day with a good attitude, you know, let's go attitude, you know, as far as blue collar work ethic and really just taking each day and trying to win each day. And, you know, you try to start stacking those upon each other, and that's how you start having success. So. I, I completely agree. And that's, uh, you carry that over the athletic department. The, uh, the Eagles are in good hands. And, that's uh, right. One they, little tidbit here, man. We, uh, we're based out of Dublin. We do the play by play for the Dublin Fighting yeah. Irish. And, uh, yeah. we, we won that. We were able to win the state championship. So we got, we had a little fun run. But, um, a little tidbit here. Georgia Southern played their first ever game in the Shamrock Bowl here in Dublin. So if you want mm-hmm. a little, little taste of that's some right. Southern history, you know, you, you're welcome to come yeah. up to the Shamrock Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out where, yeah. it, where it all started, man. Come on up no, and join I us. To. In fact, I, uh, I was talking to, uh, to Mike Cummings, you know. The, who, uh, uh, we know Mike. Been first, texting yeah, Mike. Mike and, <laughs> yeah, Mike's, a, Mike's a great guy, and Mike was telling me about that. And, you know, I just think this, that's, what, that's, what, that's what, one of the coolest things about Georgia Southern is just that tradition and history. And, you know, I think that what really excites me about this job is coming into a place where fans are passionate. I've been in the SEC for 20 years. I don't know anything different. And the fans and the passion for Georgia Southern fans are the same or more than places I've been, but here's the cool thing about it. 
is we're going to take that tradition and pride and then we're going to be really innovative and going to be really cutting edge in a lot of stuff we do. And I think when you, when you've got a place like Georgia Southern, the history and tradition and the passion speaks for itself. And then it's a lot of fun to kind of get everybody behind you and say, all right, this is how we're going to really take you to the next level. And, and, and we got a great team, great coaches, great student athletes. And so our best days are ahead. There's no doubt. We definitely believe that. We look forward to having you on again with us uh, when we're back in the pads and playing. So uh, we look forward to it. I'll tell you what, you know, I'm from Stevens County, Tacoa, Georgia, originally up there. Yeah, Tacoa, yeah. Yeah. yeah we used to play Stevens County all the time. That's right. They so, had that day. Kendrell Curry, they have some really good players. That's back right. <laughs> now, now, Kendrell was a couple years younger than me, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, but I remember you boys over there in Watkins Valley. And, uh, of course, you had uh, some pretty good baseball players over there in your neck of the woods, too, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they had a lot of guys, a lot better than me, that came to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, Adam Frazier was one of the big guys. He went to Mississippi State, coincidentally, and still plays a big leaguer. And, um, but actually, was a senior uh, football team won state, so we had a lot of guys on the team that yep. that went on to, to college as well. Jeff Heron was a coach, if you remember that name, mm-hmm. one of the legends in the state. And so no, Northeast Georgia football, but even, you know, just football down the state, South Georgia, South Georgia. I mean, football. I tell you, Friday night we were actually talking today in the office. Friday night football in the state of Georgia, man, you can't put much much competition. Nothing so like it. Awesome, no, it's, 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 it's a special thing. Even having getting to play on Saturdays and stuff, there's nothing like Friday night. Nothing That's like right. high school football. Yeah, everybody Friday turns nights. out. All right. Well, Jared, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. We really appreciate it. Hey, listen, I appreciate y'all's time. Thanks for the invitation, and I'm glad to join y'all anytime, all right? Absolutely. Well, we will definitely have you back in, no doubt about it. So that's uh, Mr. Jared Binko there, the athletic director for the Georgia Southern University, the Eagles, and uh, talking football. We're going to have him in the Shamrock Bowl. you got to come back and see us. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. All right. There's Jared. Stick around. We're going to come back and talk about those uniforms for the Bucks and the Falcons. Are they gold or are they garbage? We're going to talk about it. We shall see. We should have asked Jared. We should have. We'll ask him next time. We'll be back. It's your Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Stick around. So it's Rob, Ben, and Joe here. You can check us out every, what is it, Saturday morning, Rob? Saturday mornings, 10 o'clock, 96.9 The Buzz. And you can check us out on Facebook at uh, Robin, Ben, and Joe Show. Is that right? Yes, the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We drop on Friday nights at 7 7 o'clock. The podcast drops. Be the first to check it out. And then if you want to get a double dose, check it out at 10 o'clock on the radio station. Don't forget to double tap that like button on the Rob, Ben, and Joe show page on Facebook. That's right. And, of course, you can always uh, check out our polls and see who the people are we're going to be talking to each and every week. We're going to talk about high school sports. We're going to talk about college and Georgia Tech. And Georgia, unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. And Mercer, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and anybody else that we seem fit to. That's right. But on the show. That's right. You never know who's going to be there. So be sure to check us out every week. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Check us out on Facebook and on 96.9 The Book. <laughs> you need a new set of tires to get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin, then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled, and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website, Bubba'sTireCenter.com, and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center, where we do tires and a whole lot more. 
There's that band again. They're fired up. I They're love it. Coming in hot. <laughs> coming love in hot. It. Sherrod, Ben and Joe show here brought to you by Network One Sports and Bubba's Tire. We appreciate those guys uh, bringing you the show each and every week here. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, of course, at the RBJ Show and Facebook at RBJ Podcast. Download us Spotify and Apple Music on your playlist today. Or if you uh, want, you can just scream, uh, stream it at network1sports.com slash station slash Powers Media Network Dublin. Or just find us at powersmedianetwork.com. We're all over the place, Rob and Ben. Just anywhere you can find a phone or Instagram or Twitter. You can get it. You can yep. get it right there. So that's good stuff, and we appreciate their sponsors bringing us that show each and every week here. The phone number, of course, you want to give us a call, 478-595-9625. You can reach us anytime and be a part of the show as well. So, if you follow us on social media, you know that we have been talking about the uniforms that came out from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, with the Atlanta Falcons the very next day. How awkward was that? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the win of the uniforms, let's start with the Buccaneers, okay? The Bucks, The Yucks, they did not go back to the old school uh, creamsicle, but they did revert back to their championship glory with the gunmetal and the uh, the red. So let's talk about them first. What do you think, fellas? Well, I tell you what, they they stayed true to their you know they tried to stay true to to what they what they've been a part of right, you know. Right. And I wasn't really a big fan of their current ones. You know, the ones that oh, they've it was had. Awful. It, they were it awful. just looked yeah. it just looked awful. Um, so. Uh, I'm trying to get me some graphics here so I can really get a good get a, I, I, I've looked at them before, but I want to get another good view here so I can um, dive into this. I, I told, think theirs were so much needed. They had some really awkward looking jerseys, and these just look a lot cleaner um, for what they're doing. The all white looks really good. They kind of tweaked their helmet color a little bit too. I yeah. think it just I think they I think they did a good job. Well, on. well, the, the gunmetal reminded me of like Brad Johnson, you know, yeah. like when he was playing yeah. QB. I mean, they kind of went more of a classic look they of did. what they used to what they used to look like back in the day. And um, you know, like they're they're red and the gunmetal it's like they got rid of that orange. That whatever, yucky, yeah, whatever, whatever that, that was. was, but those are very that the helmets look good. They look really kind of traditional and um I it just looks really sharp. I would, I mean, Tom Brady should be pumped to wear those uniforms. Well, that's, you know, I was wondering what was Tampa Bay going to do for the new TB coming into town. I mean. And I, I, I thought it looked good. I mean, they went back to their championship days when they had Sapp and all those guys there. They yeah. went back to the red. And I, I thought it was a good retro classic to a championship era yes. for Tampa Bay. So I thought they did a pretty good job of going back there. What really can you do? To change up that. Well, really, you know what I mean? My thing is, is like, that's exactly right. Like, what are you going to do? The only way that you could have really revolutionized the Tampa Bay helmet was, like, for them to go straight black on a yeah, helmet or yeah, something just, and go total pirate mode or something yeah. on them. And it would have been weird. It you know? would have been weird. So you, you, they were kind of limited. And I think going back to that classic look, that looks a whole lot better than – their stuff just did not flow well, mm-hmm. what can't they you, had. Can't you see Mike Allstott? Yeah, <laughs> suiting up in that red, the you red can. with the gunmetal, yeah, and he's like, can. and he just got the neck rolling, yeah. you know, and it's like, holy that's cow, it. that's what that's what I grew up on, you know. That's it's it. like, oh my gosh, watch him just run a I bunch think, of people I think over. They could though, you know how in in college, I think they could do it more in pros. How they'll change the helmet design for a game. Right. Like Georgia Tech has like three or four different helmets, you know, the right. colors and stuff, and a lot of schools are doing that now. But like Tampa Bay, they really could set some of these off like the all whites. They could pop a white helmet. 
on there. That's what I was wor- I like, was kind of curious yeah, to see that, if they would bring in. That I wonder, you line. know, because I wonder if they're going to do that in the NFL with the different helmets because that would be sick. Like, that a, they like a, did a, that. a white and then change the flag, make it like an alternate logo yeah. for the like you know like the old school the old school buck or yeah. something like the old old one yeah. and then have the number on the side. That would be if cool. If y'all are listening, marketing department, Bay <laughs> Buccaneers. So a little bit of me and Ben are uniform snobs. Okay. Like we when we were me gro- too. Yeah, yeah, when we were when we were growing up, dude, it was always you look good, you play good. So we always were That's so right. in tune with what uniforms wear if whenever uh, tech plays on Saturdays where I was like, what, well, I'm always interested in what they're going to look like. That's you right. Know? And I'm a, I'm a traditionalist, but I also like the added throwbacks to classics and some of the new stuff with the neon colors and stuff I'm not real high on. Right. But, like, as long as there's, like, it's kind of modern, but it still has the uh, traditions of the programs in it, that's what I like to say. Right. Yes. I'm right there with you. I'm I mean, right you, there you with don't, you. Like, you don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, like, if a, if a team comes out there and it just, like Notre Dame. They, they made their helmet more gold, you know, a few years back. Yeah, it's didn't. like you see it, it's like, wow. Under the lights, that helmet looks incredible. But you don't see them come out there in striped uniforms. Like, no. In Penn State, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. They got two no. uniforms and that's it. <laughs> that's you know? it. That's all so, you got right And there. the ones that do deviate a little bit, they do a good job with it. It's the ones like – the Oregons of the world, naturally, and Nike, bro- oh. like Nike Nation. Right. You know, they, they cross the line get, with their they stuff. Get, they get a little funky with some of their stuff. And then some of these Adidas schools that are sponsored by Adidas, they have got some crazy uniforms, too. They'll come out in a, a totally gray, all gray, or like a, a funky uniform. And it's like, those aren't even in the palette of right. the school. You right. know, and it's like, and then they'll do something kind of crazy with the helmet. Like, well, see, I think about Tennessee. Was it last year, Tennessee, or two years ago where they had the whole smoke uniform? Yeah. And then they, on the helmet, they had the, the Blue Ridge Mountain kind of in yeah. the background. You remember that yes. look they had? I think it was a couple of years ago. It was. It was. A it was yeah. And they had, and I just remember thinking to myself, I liked the helmet look. Yeah. I hated the uniform. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yes. I hate Tennessee uniform just generally speaking. But yeah, <laughs> but like, I did not like the gray. All but gray. that's like yeah. what you're talking about. Like, yeah. is you they deviate too far from the traditions of the school. That's where like. You know, Oregon, they've always been known for some random stuff, but the TV in in OLED has trouble ciphering out that yellow they'll come out and play in sometimes. And you got however many pixels there are. It struggles to cover that. The one thing, there is nothing more that drives me up the wall about a uniform. You do not have the same color last name as the uniform. Yeah, yeah. That defeats the dang purpose, okay? <laughs> if, if you know, Johnny Smith is running down the sidelines and he's got a white uniform on, he needs to have black letters or a bold color, whatever your yep. main color is, so that somebody from the top deck that's got some specs can sit there and it. say, that, that's Mr. Smith, 45, running down the sidelines. That's right. Instead of having, I saw a couple of uniforms, Oregon did it one game, you can't even see who it is. It's like, okay, well, don't even put it on there. And they yeah. throw like an etch of black outlining on yeah. it. And it, people, if Miami Heat did this with their uniforms a few years ago in basketball. You can't see it. You can't see anybody's name. Like, you oh, can't even see the number. It's white hot. There's yeah. nothing hot about it. No. It's like you can't even tell yeah, what it's it is. awful. It's what it is. The coolest Ghost. Uh, <laughs> off, off script from the Buccaneers before we get to the Falcons. <laughs> One of my favorite alternates to see every single year, though, is um, is is the Army – Navy game. Oh yeah, they will come up with some sweet uniforms, and the 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 uniform makers have done such a good job 
really incorporating the military, uh, the military aspect, aspect the, history. The, the, his, the history of it, uh, you know, um, the the ladder of you know it's got their name on the rank, the rank yeah. and like just what they're about and um it's just so cool they've done such a good job with that and uh, Air Force they've got they've had some of that when all of them when the service schools play but they get one of the nods for one of the coolest alternates because everybody's watching that game and if you ever turn on an Army Navy game it's pretty straightforward what those boys are wearing it's black and gold or blue and gold that's and right. that's it and and then they do good with the with the alternates but some of these schools are just getting out of hand, and i got to give Georgia credit. They don't deviate very much. Yeah, they don't do a whole lot different other than when you had Donnan in there wanting to throw, you know, the black in really hard. And I was reading an article just yesterday about the, the black jersey and should that be a, an every year type of thing for a special game. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Historically, they don't play well in black. No. Historically, no, they, they don't. don't. But I, on, I also think that it doesn't look that good either. Like, it looks uh, – the red the, – the original uniform – looks the best in the Silver water. Silver bridges, way. man. Yeah, they could do something different with it, but the black just doesn't, I don't know, it just yeah. doesn't look that and, good. And that's one thing I think that is part of the pageantry of college football. When you turn on Alabama, you know what you're going to see. Yeah, yeah. It's like the branding of it. I think that's something that needs to stay true. Georgia's done a really good job with that. Uh, you know, I just think about the Penn States, Oklahoma, you know, Michigan, Alabama, you, like Alabama, you know, Auburn. people there, they haven't really done a whole lot. And that was one thing Georgia Tech went through kind of a phase where they were really tinkering with some uniforms and yeah. stuff. And then last year they did it a little bit. And then towards the end of the year, it was like, that's what I grew up watching. That, that's that's right. the uniform I grew up looking we, at right there. That That is clean, traditional Georgia Tech uniform. Well, since we've had some Georgia alums go to uh, Syracuse recently, uh, let's talk about what the Orangemen did up there with their units. I mean, they went to the hard orange. Eh, I'm not real sure. That sunburst. I, they had like yeah. a sunburst helmet and yeah. such. I, mean, I have a just, problem. It's just like I was talking about. If the TV has a hard time deciphering it, your eyes have a hard time deciphering it. Like when that's you right. watch, that, that's it's too much color. If you have a bright color like Syracuse is orange, or you have a highlighter yellow like Oregon, that should not be ever the full jersey color. <laughs> like, it should not. Like, yeah. Syracuse, high, they, they boosted their orange to where it was super bright. Like, Clemson's orange is more toned down. Like, when you see yeah. them in all orange, it's not the same yeah. orange. That, that orange for the orange man up there is a rich, deep, bright yeah. orange. And I'm just like, whoa. You got to break, break that unit up. Yeah. And, and, you know, like LSU. Yeah. Do you just think about these schools that really stay true to what they do? Florida got kind of funky. They're changing their helmet, and it's just like, you know, man, come out. Let me see what, you know, Tim Tebow wore. Stick with the orange helmet with the blue riding and just play football. You know, it's cool to to switch it up every now and then as long as you – I'm cool with it as long as you take a play from the tradition – of your school. Well, that's Don't come out and do meaning. Don't come out and look like a transformer. Right. There you go. And uh, you know what? I, I guess we'll go with the Bucks there on the clean look. I like it. You know, yes. they, the, the clean shoulders, the clean numbers. I like it. But what you're talking about, don't come out looking like a transformer. Well, look at the Atlanta Falcons new <laughs> uniform because I think they did exactly that. It's Now, I'll tell you guys, <sighs> I like the white, the all white there. I can clean. dig that. That's clean. I, I like it. Even though the numbers are very blocky and... You know, but I, I like the all-white look. I like that typically anytime. But that, that red to black transition jersey Awful. right there and the piping down, I mean, it's just down the sides. You know, who needs you to discern between the front and the back? You don't need the piping well, there. It's, it's like it's, Rob talked about, ugh. though. 
it hurts your eyes. If you've like ever it. played, if you've ever played any type of video games, they now in in the in the late 2016, yeah. 2017, you can pick any type of uniform oh, you yeah. want. Well, you turn on an NBA basketball game, you pick the Portland Trailblazers and so and so, and you pick two uniform combinations that don't mesh. You got a you got a cracking headache after twenty <laughs> yeah, you minutes. Got a problem you can't watch them run up and down the floor. Yeah. If you see if you come out and see that sunbursted red to black on a Sunday, that's going to hurt your eyes. It looks like an arena football team. It does. That's they an really, arena jersey. They really took a step back, I think. And and like don't don't wear that. Well, I mean, just think about this. Think about we've talked about the longevity of a look and the uniforms. That's old. Like next week, yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Of course. Yeah, you want to see that in two years? Absolutely no. not. And then the red pants. Do you see that? <laughs> the white with the red pants. If, yeah. if you're going to do that, it doesn't. The helmet doesn't yeah. make sense yeah. to me. Yeah. Like the white with the red is just kind of like a funky combo. It's like, oh, were you going to tinker and do black and red? Like, oh yeah. my gosh! Like you know, one of the coolest features is the helmet. Helmet looks sweet. It's 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 like matte black, and then it's got the gray face mask. They uh-huh. kind of kept that. They kind of kept that standard a little. So bit. here's okay. here's okay. here's I'm on the, I guess I'm on the more, the other side of it. I like I think they did a good job with the whites and the black combos. I love the all white. The all black all does the it best for me. Look. Yeah, the all white is hot. And I think I to me, I think the white top with the black plant pants is super clean. The black with the white pants is 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 about as original as you can get. The first and, three is going to be their main yeah, horses. Yeah, and that looks really good. The all blacks, okay. I mean, that's a little bit too much color for me. I do not like the burst at all. But the ATL on the chest. I do like the ATL. I like it. And the yeah. reason why is because they want to embody the city. Everything's about Atlanta. And this is this is where all the uniforms are going. Everybody, when the Hawks changed their uniforms, everybody was like, what in the world are the Hawks doing? Those uniforms are terrible. The colors are awful. They changed everything about the Hawks uniforms. Well, now when you see it and once it's grown on you, it's a cool look. Like everybody likes the color of the Hawks stuff. They do a good job with their uniforms. They mix them up. But the whole thing was is they added more elements of Atlanta into yeah. those uniforms, and that's what the Falcons were trying to do and embrace the city. And the only one I don't like is the fading color. The other ones, I think they did a good job. Well, I, I really do. I like the black on white. And, by the way, if you're looking for this, you can always find it on our social media. It's what we're talking about. We post it there. You can find it at RBJ Show on Instagram or Twitter or on Facebook. You can find it at the RBJ Podcast. You can pull it up right now. That's what we're looking at. But uh, the white, I like. But the tra- I'm a traditional Falcon look type of guy. Like I don't like the red and black bird on the helmet now. I like the solid black bird. I, I mean, I like the clean look. And you can see that, actually, uh, I think they have it on the sleeve they- of, of one of the jerseys there, the solid black Falcon. Yeah, they do. And I was wondering as when we saw the sneak, uh, the leak preview of this a couple days ago, I was like, well, are they going to go back more retro looking to that? And that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I just think that the look overall, especially with the transition jersey there, the red to black, I don't think it's long lasting. That's an no, XFL no, no. jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah XFL. that's Arena League. That's like, an kick, XFL like, jersey. Kick that out. But I tell you one yeah. thing that I picked up on here the curve of the number yeah. looks like a Falcon's talons. Like, yeah. it's kind of neat how they got, like, the, the number, they kind of tried to put a play on that. But my favorite uniform is 66 throwback. Oh, my gosh. It's clean. If they, yeah. wore, oh that, if they wore that every game, like, when you, see, <laughs> when you see Julio Jones and Matt Ryan come out there, it's like, 
this I is love football. It. Like yeah. this is like, oh my gosh, you know, all you need is like if you had the lineman wearing like the old Astro turf cleats, yeah. you know, the boots, <laughs> like the Astro boots, you know, like had them had them with a little, you know, the the, the elbow, elbow wraps or whatever, yeah, like yeah. that are not that are obsolete now. And you see Julio come out like those uniforms pop because it's so it's got a gloss black helmet, that solid old black finite bird, you right. know, it's just like a boom. Everything straightforward. When you see that in Mercedes Benz on TV, you're like, "That's hot." Oh, yeah, that just looks really good. You it know, does. like, oh my it gosh! Does. And like this new stuff is really cool. But like all of those, all of all the uniforms look sweet. But when they take the field in that old, the old throwback, you're like, "Oh man, that's that's football." That's right there. the stuff. That's right it. There. That's sweet. You know. Yeah. I mean, I just want like Tampa Bay's uniform. You won't be able to. I will not be able to look at that Tampa Bay uniform and not see Dan Johnson's big face mask right there. You know? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's back there. Like, he's back there. Yeah. Mike Allstott's running yeah. around and Warren Sapp. I mean, just Warren Dunn. I mean, you know those those type of guys. <laughs> if I had to give a nod, because I'm a traditionalist yep. and I like a little spin, a modern spin on cool things. Like Georgia Tech did some sweet stuff to kind of modernize it. Yep. But the Bucks get the best remake of the uniform between these two. Yeah. And Rob probably likes. I, I do appreciate the ATL and them embodying that the, the, tw- the 2020. Yeah. But I love that clean look from the Bucks. It's I, like, man, that's just nice. It looks yeah. nice. It looks good. I just think the Falcons took a step forward because I was not a fan of their uniforms they've had for the last 10 years. I thought they were I haven't bad. liked those either. I thought they were poor. Yeah. The red, the black, the white, it was really – Very busy. It was busy. It just, just it was just yeah. – I didn't like it. I had, I did not like it. I hadn't liked it the whole time when they tr- changed over from the original stuff. So right. I think it's a huge step forward getting back to being a little bit more straightforward, like white, black. All white, you yeah. know, all black. Let's just roll with that. We're getting back to the the clean shoulders and all that yes. stuff. I mean, and you were talking about the nameplates on the back. I want to see the number on the shoulder. I want to see the logo on the on the sleeve of the shoulder. That's all I want. Don't give me the multiple colors and the different squares and yeah, all that. Crap. I don't. I don't care. Make about it all more that. consistent. Yeah, just be clean. All right, so I think we have a winner and a loser. I think the Bucks win. I think the Falcons. It's a it's a toss up, and we like the ATL embodiment. But the uh, the transfer jersey there, the transformer jersey, just doesn't doesn't work. For me. Throw that one so out. Don't, throw ever, that out. don't ever let yeah. me see that again. Yeah. And I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wear the white and the black. Probably will lose in that uniform. Yeah, probably will use. Now, <laughs> for those of you who follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all uh, did you see this baby right here? What happens when you have the Masters in the fall? Did y'all I saw see that. that. The, the helmet, Masters helmet. The helmet. The with Masters the, with helmet's the awesome. Titleist down, <laughs> the Titleist <laughs> down the middle in the stripe. That was sweet. But that's gonna be a action packed week. Golly, man. Tech plays, uh, Tech plays Notre Dame uh, at Mercedes-Benz that Saturday. So that's going to be one heck of a week. That's going to be a weekend be right really there. really cool. I would love to have that helmet right there, though, wouldn't you? I, I would love that. Love Masters that. helmet right be there. Sweet. Man, that would be some stuff right there. That's all I'm saying. That really would be cool. good. All right, well, you can find all those pictures on our social media page there uh, at uh, RBJ Show on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at RBJ Podcast. You can follow us anytime and download us. Wherever you go, on Spotify and Apple Music. Robin, Ben, All right. Jared Binko on the show with us tonight. Had good conversation there. Learned some stuff tonight. What a guy. A lot of fun. He came in here educating the masses. Yeah, he did. My man Binko. He's going to be doing good things on there, Georgia Southern. He will. Can't look, I can't wait till he comes to, to Dublin and hangs out with us. It's going to be fun. That'll be fun. All right, next week we'll be back. Going to have Georgia Tech uh, player with us next week. Isn't that right, Rob? Will sure will send Jen days uh, past Georgia Tech players should be uh, should be some fun conversation. All right, so got that coming up next week. Remember, you can give us a call anytime. Join us on social media, and that's all for us. We'll see you next time on the Rob Ben and Joe Show. Good night, everybody. Let's bring it up right
You need a new set of tires to get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin? Then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled, and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website, Bubba'sTireCenter.com, and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center, where we do tires and a whole lot more. 